Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film for Odds. Speaking right now, so I'm half your hosting team, Matt, and in front of me is everyone's favorite closeted furry, Tyler Clardy. God damn it. I can't cut that either. Uh, you can't deny it either. I can't deny it either because then it just seems even more true. I hate you. This is already off to a good start. Say hi to everyone, Tyler. <sighs> Hello, my, uh, is it a persona? Is that what a furry thing is? is it it's a, a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. All right, we're going to move past that already. Uh, none of that is true, but now I'm too lazy to start it again, and Matt is going to get mad at me for ruining a prime joke, so I'm just not going to cut it. So There's this thing called a bit in which two people play characters and go back and forth to, to um, start some sort of humorous um, confrontation, and it doesn't work when only one person's trying. Uh, see, I was just letting the bit just be your joke itself. So I okay. How about we go? What's what's the movie news, Tyler? So, Monkey bomb. <laughs> so we have a few things on the docket so far. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Detective Pikachu trailer first, which came out like eight hours ago. Yeah. We both saw Overlord over the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that. Matt saw Outlaw King. I haven't seen it yet, so Matt will talk about that. And if we aren't at like forty-five minutes, we'll just talk quickly about movies we're excited to watch over the school Thanksgiving break. Uh, which include what, like Creed to the favorite Green Room. We'll just talk about some of that. What we what we hope for. So Matt, what are your opinions on the Detective Pikachu trailer, which came out of nowhere? There's no announcement for it that it was coming out. It just dropped. I like this trailer more than I care to admit. <laughs> um, I've seen it like four times by now. Um, I was a pretty big Pokemon fan when I was mm -hmm. a kid. I watched it all the time. Uh, I didn't like Pokemon Go. Um, Never played the, the the game Detective Pikachu. Um, I didn't know it was a game. Yeah, I found that out today. And um, yeah, and I'm not like the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan either. But um, yeah, this this movie looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think this this movie has this movie looks better than it has any right to be. Yes. Uh, I was just surprised because I had heard about it. Like it, I thought it was announced four or five months ago. That I thought that was like, oh, we're gonna Detective Pikachu movie. It looks really fun. It looks it's it looks adorable. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like I'm surprised how the Pokemon don't look like freaks. Like yeah, P like Pikachu looks like an animal, and it, it looks like it has solid humor within like the Pokemon world with the Mister Mime thing. And... Yeah, it looks like the Pokemon fit in the world too. It doesn't look like they stick out or anything. Yeah, I, I, like Charizard was just I kind of giggled a little when Charizard came on because Charizard you kind of grow up with that, and he just looks really awesome. And I was is this movie gonna be PG PG thirteen? Probably PG. Like I, the movie felt like it could also be rated R. It felt like like a green trailer cut of like, like I feel like they could have like more violent content for some reason. I don't think so, you but know? okay. I don't know. There's just like there's there's a clear charm and a clear tone that they have caught. They have captured, pun intended. as a Pokemon, uh, with this trailer and with the movie apparently. So. Do you have it, like any other observations you had? Um, I was a really big Bulbasaur fan <laughs> when I was a kid, so I liked seeing Bulbas Bulbasaur um, in real life, <laughs> not in real life, but in you know in in a real world uh, setting in a fictional movie. I uh, I was a big Squirtle fan. <laughs> Wasn't he on like a wanted poster or a missing yeah, poster? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, so it looks like they're going to be solving like several crimes. Like it seems like the the big overarching crime is the father. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way. If you look at the train ticket, the initials are AK. For Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> Absolutely. 
He's gonna show up and go, dude, where's my car? He's gonna show up and uh, <laughs> ask for a movie deal or something. <laughs> ask for work. Have you ever seen the movies in Killers? No, I haven't. Doesn't no. have, I know it has uh, Catherine Heigl yeah, in it. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I, saw I can in, imagine. I saw it in theaters. Really? Yeah, I was I was 11 when it came out in 2009. Or maybe, yeah. So So I, I was pretty I was pretty impressed by what I just did there. Like, I didn't know. I was like, Ashton. And I was like, <laughs> please tell me that that guy's name starts with, last name starts with a K. But you do, but you do know what. I was but it's at, it's yeah, it's um, Ash Ketchum. Yeah, so th- that'd be pretty cool if that was a reveal. So I I don't know. I uh, I think this movie looks really fun. But the thing is though, what worries me is it's coming out the weekend after Avengers: Infinity Four. Infinity Four. Infinity Four. It's coming out the tenth, which means. But the thing is though, like I feel like this market, the appeal for this movie and the appeal for Avengers kind of cross over. Well, like, isn't that what happened with um? Like with Alvin and Chipmunks movie and Star Wars, where it's yeah. like, well, the kids aren't gonna want to see it, and then didn't make any money. Yeah, that, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, Alvin and Chipmunks Star Wars opened up to 250 million. This is Force Awakens, 250 million dollars or whatever it did, and Alvin and Chipmunks opened up to 12. Yeah, and it was like, it was oh, they're hoping for a lot more. So I, I'm worried that this movie looks like it has genuine kind of like heart behind it. Is this gonna get buried in the second weekend yeah. behind an Avengers movie that's gonna make 150 million dollars in and the second I weekend? And I mean, I mean, I'm hyped for that movie. It's at an all-time high because of the way that Avengers: Infinity War ended. Mm-hmm. The, the Avengers Cinematic Universe is at an all-time high, yeah. um, both like critically and financially, and in yep. pop and like in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's hopefully they'll change it, change their mind at mm-hmm. some point. You know, it's still a little while off, and DC the DC. Uh, DC movies don't hesitate to to shift around their uh, movie schedule, <laughs> so hopefully um, they come to their senses. Because I think this movie could be very good. Yeah. And um, hopefully they come to their senses and um, switch it around. I also thought so. Real quick before we wrap it up, I also thought that Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I feel like in the movie his voice is going to take probably like ten minutes to get used to because he has just uh, such a distinct Ryan Reynolds voice. Yeah. That. In the movie, it's going to take me a little bit, but it worked well in the trailer. You're right. It, it uh, you, you said it didn't really bother you that much, but I don't know. There's something that just stands out. Because it feels like Deadpool. Because you don't see Ryan Reynolds often in Deadpool. So it just kind of felt like that. So Well, you, he only plays Deadpool. What are you talking he, about? You said you don't see Ryan Reynolds often in Deadpool. He's he, the guy who plays Deadpool. Yeah, but his face. So you just oh. see him under the mask, so it just kind of sounds like uh, dubbed over or vocal work or whatever. So... That we're both looking forward to Detective Pikachu coming out May tenth, twenty eighteen. So soon. So Matt, we both saw we both on Friday saw Overlord, the new kind of uh, the new kind of horror action thriller. Uh, I don't know who the director is, but produced by J.J. Abrams, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Bad Robot. Uh, This was a movie that was feared to be another Cloverfield spinoff for a little bit. It was actually planned to be a Cloverfield movie, but they decided not to, and instead we got the movie we got. So we saw it. It's now been three days since we've seen it. Uh, what were your initial reactions coming out of it? So I want to start off. I'm going to make a comparison. Mm-hmm. I want to start my comparison by saying I like this movie. Okay. This movie reminded me of Split in a, in a not positive way. How so? Because it starts off, and you think it's going to be smart, but then you realize it's not smart at all. <laughs> There's not an ounce of intelligence behind it, and it's just kind of um, it's just weird for... Not even weird. It's just it's abnormal, and but there's not like a sort of grounded in reality feel. Like there's no one really trying to explain anything. 
So this actually ties into a point I wanted to make about this movie really well. And that is the difference between fun movies with genuine intentions behind it and fun movies made for a profit. Or kind of like the, the, the term turn your brain off kind of movies, popcorn movies. There's a difference between, I feel, Overlord, which, like you said, it's a fun movie but without a lot of intelligence behind it, versus a movie like Transformers, which is in ways a fun movie but you can tell it's just completely a corporate movie. And that is Overlord. I, I like this movie, by the way. I think it's a fun... I think it's one of the more fun movies I, I've seen in a while. But it's a movie that's gonna, you can nitpick the hell out of it. Yeah. It's definitely... There, it definitely takes a lot of liberties and is definitely not the best written. Uh, there's a lot of little things about the movie that it can bother you. But it's a type of fun, turn-your-brain-off movie that you can tell there was passion behind it. You can tell it was an original property that they wanted to make that the people were clearly... Uh, it's clearly a... Pro- a Sorry, a project they wanted to work on. And that kind of gets rid of, that kind of alleviated a lot of like my nitpicks for it. But then you see a movie like Transformers and you're watching, you're like, that's just made to sell toys. Yeah, um, I definitely think that um, there's more passion behind it than in a Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem is that, like with Split, I was like with Split, I was always waiting for an explanation or some sort of some sort of like sciencey talk to mm-hmm. describe what's going on. Um, I never really got that. I was, it just, it's just, um, it's just like, it's just this, so, um, I, we don't want to spoil anything, but, um, the monsters they fight, there's no, like, there's no sort of, um, scientific, um, explanation for why they are the way they are. Um, I can relate this mostly to Hellboy and Hellboy 2, even though, like, a lot of the, the science talk is, like, mumbo jumbo, mm-hmm. there's still, like, an attempt to make it seem plausible and okay. like in like the farthest fetch away like there's like in in the world in the universe it makes sense what they're doing like the, the the um like the the spectral um scientist guy and hell and hellboy too okay. like it, it make it kind of makes sense in a way mm-hmm. i was always waiting for like something to explain like what's in the serum what's um what's like the plan with this but i never really got that it just it it just was a um look is it was just a visual thing so Sorry, hit the mic. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue slightly against this. Uh, what I feel like, at least with Split and with Overlord, is there movies that would exist within a world, but with kind of slight alterations. Overlord exists within a historical context of World War II, but with a slight little extra thing, because the movie is essentially a contained story within World War II. Yes, it has bigger ramifications. Despite spoilers, their goal is to take down a tower yeah. to help uh, the, the storming of Normandy, correct? Or some... some to allow reinforcements to land. Yeah, so it exists within historical context, but it's it's a separate story that that doesn't affect the rest of the world and the rest of whatever. And I feel like that's what also happens in Split. It exists within the real world. Well, sorry. So Split exists within a real world, but what happens if people were given just slightly like greater superpowers like kind of realistic superpowers i mean bruce willis's character in unbreakable is he's unbreakable he's stronger and he just can't get hurt in split it's the villain of james mcavoy's character he has multiple personalities and the final one is the beast which kind of just makes him super strong and fast and an animal and uh, mr glass is just extremely intelligent so it didn't really like i didn't wasn't looking for an explanation for the movie because 
it was grounded enough for me. But then again, this is all subjective, so. Yeah, I just wanted to know what I was supposed to be, um, I just wanted to know what I was supposed to be afraid of and what, um, what, like, real-world sort of explanation could kind of, um, I could relate this to, I guess. Okay. Which is, um, which I didn't really find here. It just, um, it just was, it was fun, but, Mm -hmm. um, like, with Jurassic Park, it's fun, but there's, um, scientific knowledge that is sort of, like, messed with, but also plausible in Mm -hmm. a weird way with the, um, like, the neck from the, with the blood from the mosquitoes and stuff. There's really none of that here. It's just... It felt a little weightless, I guess. I can I can understand those complaints. I just I didn't really it didn't really bother me that much. I did um I did however like the movie. I yeah. enjoyed it. Um I think we both said the second act drags. Yes. Um but and severely drags. Yes. I was checking my watch several times during the second act. Um but once the movie kind of hits the third act, mm-hmm. I was um I was I was on board with it. I didn't really care very much about the characters. No. Um but there's some really good body horror. Mm-hmm. Um there's some really good. Uh, there's some pretty good fight scenes, and the opening is one of the best 15 minutes I've seen in recent memory to any movie. Yes, and even though like the monsters aren't the most original, mm-hmm. um, you can you in the moment you can be entertained by um, them on yeah. screen. Um, absolutely. The second the second act after the after an outstanding opening 15 20 minutes, the movie's what an hour and 50 minutes long, so you have 20 minutes. Say an hour forty because of credits. Then there's a solid thirty-five, forty minutes in the middle, which is just nothing really happens, and it's a lot of attempt to build character, yeah, and to just kind of like escalate the situation, but it's not interesting. Yeah. Also, like the main character goes into like goes and in, goes into the tower, mm-hmm. and I felt no tension during yeah. that scene because you know it's the middle of the movie. What what's the worst thing that can yeah. happen? They needed to um not do. They needed to you know keep the mystique around the tower for as long as possible. Like, he just goes on the tower, and he goes, oh, I know how to solve it. I know how to blow it up, even though it was pretty obvious. It's not, like, just go to the bottom of it, yeah. just go to the basement. Um, they, that shouldn't have happened. And then, the, yeah, they're in the, and then they're in, like, a cabin for a lot of it. It's for a lot of it. Yes. They're in that attic in that cabin for a lot of the movie. Yes. And it just slows the movie yeah. down to, like, a, almost a complete stop. Um. I would say you're right in this aspect. I would have preferred if the mystique around the tower was kept for a little little while longer, and the end 40 minutes of the movie would have been them going, okay, we think we have a plan. We can't detonate the tower from the outside. Let's go inside. Yes. There'll be less of whatever explanation they make, and then the reveal, like, oh, my God, what's going on? What did they do? Whoa, whoa, look at that. That would have been – I would have enjoyed that a lot more. But – for what we were given, I think, it, I think I don't think you can go wrong with. Yeah, that it's movie. a fine movie. Yeah, it just um, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. I can tell that. I can tell you left the movie, and you're. I was like, "What do you think?" And you're like, "It's fine." I was looking forward to because it, it was an original idea, as far mm-hmm. as I know. Yeah, and um, it just it just felt um very um uninspired, I guess, in in uh, a lot of er- a lot of areas, especially with like um plot. Okay. Very simplistic plot. I would have liked to have seen more done there. The acting is very good. Yeah. Not a whole lot of character. Except for that uh, one Brooklyn dude. I, I kind of liked him. You kind of um, liked him? Yeah. It just it felt like a stereotypical, hey, it's Brooklyn or whatever New York accent. Yeah. I, I, I liked Grey Worm for the five minutes he was in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do you want to know another Game of Thrones character that's in it? Euron Greyjoy is the main German guy. 
That's Euron. That's Euron really? Greyjoy. I'm pretty sure that is. What's the actor's name for? Uh, um, hmm, I can't remember what his name. I'll is. show you a picture of him. I'm looking up IMDb yeah. now. But I remember reading like, "Oh, Euron Greyjoy was great." Now I'm like, "That's Euron Greyjoy." I didn't look anything like him. Like usually, I pick up on that stuff. Like I, I recognize Greyworm like within like half a second. And he wasn't like I didn't even. And he was in the. He's like he's like in the shadows, and I was like, "That's Greyworm." Um, man, that's and, Wow! Yeah, yeah, he's the that main. is yeah. Aaron Greyjoy is in the movie. I didn't know that. He's he's probably my favorite part of the movie. He's great. Yeah. Um, he he's also having so much fun. He get like in Game of Thrones. He's just living all this up. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to see someone at like the peak of like <laughs> like happiness, just watch the behind the scenes of um the ship battle in uh, Game of Thrones season seven, <laughs> where uh, the actor plays Euron is running around with his um with his like fake axe, like pretending to hack hack at other actors like while they're on their breaks. <laughs> do you want to give it? Do you want to try to say his name? Pilo Asbake. Um, I think that the A and the E is is like a A, like an Ash. Asbak. 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 Yeah. So okay. he's just having a lot of fun. Yeah. But is there anything else you thought with the movie? I mean, it's not really. Like, there's not a lot to dissect in the movie. I liked Bokeem Woodbine for the three minutes he was in it. He was the the sergeant. I don't even. He was the he was like the guy who who like the the oh, ball guy who, yeah, he was in Spider Man yeah. Homecoming. He's also he's also the best part of Fargo season two. Oh, that's um, right, that's right. Yeah, he's great. Uh yeah, so the I mean I was surprised at how like uh the first again fifteen, twenty minutes is genuinely fantastic. And I thought the prosthetics are really good. Uh it's in slight spoilers, I guess, but the ending is is stupid but so much fun. Because it basically just turns into a slugfest. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty campy. Yeah. So like, we, like we were talking about it like two weeks ago, and how it was kind of stupid when they just beat him up. Yeah. It, it kind of it, it was a little more like it was a little more tongue in cheek here, which I kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Um, again, I just sort of like to see more interesting visuals, more interesting monsters, mm-hmm. um, a, a more compelling plot where um, there's some sort of mystery going on. There really isn't. Like they don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. when they find out, they find out what's going on pretty easily. Yeah. And um, I did like, however, that that the um, the monsters were like very difficult to kill. Yeah, like they weren't just like m- like mowing them down like left and right. Mm-hmm. Like like I, I think they maybe kill like one effectively, with minus the blowing up the fort. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so spoilers yeah. for Overlord. <laughs> I just gave you the deadest stare. (laughs) So basically they blow up the fort. Yeah, spoilers. Um, Okay, so spoilers from now on about Overlord. Basically the main Nazi bad guy turns into like a super – it's basically like like the super Captain America super soldier serum. It makes them just like impervious to getting hurt. They heal. They're super strong. It's just just (laughs) – it took you about five seconds to realize. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they, what, they kill, so one of their guys, it's actually in the trailer, uh, the what did you do to me part. Yeah. That's, that's like the big, like, kind of reveal of, like, what's going on a little bit. I mean, they just bash that guy's head in. And that's Yeah, actually, when they shot, they put, like, like, two mags of, you know, machine gun ammo in them prior to that. And they already been shot in the chest before. But, like, yeah, and then, like, um... I thought it was kind of stupid when um, the general just kind of just, like, injected two serums into his leg. 
And but it made that just one injection made that one guy unable to control his body, mm-hmm. and then the guy the other yeah. the guy takes two injections yeah, and is you know completely sentient still. That's a nitpick. That's the thing. These are these like how does because the main the main character the main guy I forget his name, but realistically there's so much damage these guys take in this movie. Yeah, like he's thrown through like a glass like into a wall by the super soldier. They're realistically like characters run through waves of bullets without getting shot until it's, like, a climactic thing. Yeah, until you expect them to get shot. Yeah, yeah then. Uh, But it's all these nitpicks with this thing. It, the movie's so much fun, and it knows what type of movie it is, uh, and it's just trying to be, like, this passion project, clearly probably for this director or whoever wrote it, yeah. that you kind of just forgive it. Once the, once the movie gets going, you're distracted by all the neat visuals yeah. and, um, you know, kind of interesting body horror elements mm-hmm. that... Um, you can tell that the people behind it were very passionate about. Yeah, I kind of wish there's a little more body horror. Yeah, um, there's that one with the uh, the head that was uh, asking for help. Like, yeah, it's just the head and vocal cords. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of it was kind of stupid. The guy, like the big Villeneuve, is he injected himself twice, and yeah. then you see his face, and you're like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. But basically, the massive slugfest we were talking about was. The the captain from like the American side, yeah, injects. He's a corporal. Him, he's a corporal. Sorry, yeah. injects himself with the super soldier serum, and yeah. then basically just they just punch each other for another three more minutes yeah. and throw each other against stuff, and then yeah, the, the guy then the guy explodes himself and kills a bunch more people. So <laughs> he blows up the fort. Yeah, guys. which I which I spoiled <laughs> accidentally. Um, you can still enjoy the movie. I mean, look, like I said, the plot isn't really that important. It's more mm-hmm. of the uh, like the visual um, creativity that they do. Yeah. Um. So sorry, but you know, it's fine. You're not really. You're not really, like. There's not a lot to spoil yeah. in this movie. It's there, basically it's very bare bones plot wise. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. Do you do want? You, I mean, do you, so you recommend? I would say, I would say this is a movie that watch on the biggest screen possible, uh, mainly for the beginning and for the end. And it's a fun movie. You could probably, I mean, watch at home with a bunch of friends. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I'd recommend go see this movie. Uh, with what's out this weekend, like Girl in the Spider Web. I don't know if that came out this weekend. I think it did. I think it did. I just got, I'd say you're not missing out. And the more people go see movies like this, the more more likely we're to, we are to get kind of more fun movies. So yep. do, do you recommend this movie, Matt? Um, I hesitantly, hesitantly recommend it. I think that if there's something else that interests you more, mm-hmm. then go see it. But if um, you're just looking to see a movie and nothing really strikes your attention, you should see Overlord. Yeah. And it, it is a hard R, and there is some hard R gory moments in the movie, we should say. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Apostle and Mandy have desensitized us <laughs> this year alone. Yeah, we've seen um, a lot of violent stuff yeah. this year. So. Uh, okay. Are we... So, Matt. Yeah. You saw Outlaw. I saw a movie. You saw a movie. <laughs> this is the first movie we were talking, the, the first contemporary movie we were talking about on the podcast that I've seen that you haven't seen. Yeah, I know. I like this. Now, please, Matt. I, I've i been looking forward to Outlaw King because this is the director of Hell or High Water. And also and stars Chris Pine. Stars Chris Pine and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I really like as an actor. Yes. So, it came out on Netflix on November 9th. What did you think of Outlaw King? I liked it despite the editor, the editor not wanting me to like it. Oh, is it really poorly edited? I don't know anything. I don't know your opinions on it, by the way. I, um, so I think I heard a long time ago. I could be making this up. I, I mean, I, I could be totally making up this, this story. <laughs> I mean, all your factual information right in front of you. Yeah, solve know. it all right in front of me. Um, I, I think, I think I heard that they cut out like 30 to 40 minutes of it. How long is it? It's two hours. Okay. And it shows, um, 
there are there are scenes where Chris Pine, where um so Chris Pine pay, plays Robert the Bruce who um for a little history lesson um mm-hmm. King Wait, Edward, real quick does it show that it 40 30 or 40 minutes were cut out or show that it's a 2 hour long movie It shows that a lot was cut out Okay okay now go back Robert So so basically the historical background of it is that um Edward the 1st has just um defeated William Wallace, mm-hmm. who is um, the Braveheart character. Yep. And then so the Scottish Rebellion has been um, put down, and Robert the Bruce and another um, baron of Scotland are leading, are, you know, holding this um, this now unified Scotland mm-hmm. area that's now part of the English crown. Um, Robert the Bruce rebels against Edward, mm-hmm. and again, and uh, his youngest, his son Edward, has to go and put down the rebellion. So it's very, it's very like Braveheart, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and which character does Chris Pine play? He plays Robert the, the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't want to say um, Chris Pine is miscast in this movie, but um, he's very. When I think of Robert, when I think of like a revolutionary leader, I think of something that's very charismatic, mm-hmm. and Chris Pine's playing a very like, um, like quiet, solemn character oh okay and i don't know what he's doing because he couldn't he couldn't like do a, a scotch accent maybe he was just whispering because he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't confident in his accent because i li- i mean he was great in hell or high water mm-hmm. but in there he plays a very solemn very reserved character yeah anyways and he kind of kind of plays a very similar kind of character here not mm-hmm. not quite similar but like you know very aesthetically very similar so chris pine character then. yeah um but i mean he's, he's very charismatic in the star trek movies yeah so i was but um he's yeah he's very reserved um which i didn't think really worked well for because mm-hmm. i don't i don't really know very much about robert the bruce mm-hmm. but um his motivation to um to rebelling against edward the first again i'm not sure why he did it historically but in the movie this is in the beginning in the movie his father his father's like i i used to fight with Ed, with edward during the ninth crusade and he goes i don't know if i should trust him now and then he dies <laughs> like right there and like because he's old he's um he's uh lord commander mormont that actor Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And then he just dies, and then Game of Thrones. And, yeah. Podcast, and then um, Chris Pine decides to rebel, um, <laughs> and it it felt like it was trying to be like Braveheart a lot, but mm-hmm. without um, the talent, like without like. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's that's a fair criticism. Mel Gibson's an extremely talented director. He's ex- he's an extremely talented director. He's an extremely talented actor. He yeah. chews up every he's you know every movie he's in. He's usually the. The one that draws the attention, which yeah. is why I'm so excited for Dragged Across Concrete. Oh, um, we won't talk about that now. Yeah, that, can that's... you him and Vince Vaughn? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. And so it, it feels like a watered-down version of Braveheart in many ways. Okay. It's very well directed, and I can tell that the director, Hell or High Water, um, wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go into the editing now. Um, Chris Pine, Robert Bruce jumps from place to place mm-hmm. seemingly effortlessly like he's he's going he's in one place and all of a sudden he's in another place and then oh. he recruits people but then the same thing recruiting people he's not very charismatic so mm-hmm. you don't really believe the fact that people are following him okay because they have such a small army that you need someone who's like who's like follow me someone who's convincing and you don't really get that sense from him there's kind of a forced romance in it that is again trying to mirror the braveheart romance but it's not nearly as good mm-hmm. um the lovable side characters in braveheart are not lovable in this movie, how's, like, Aaron, I, how's Aaron Taylor Johnson? He's very good, but again, not given enough screen time. So you have to wonder. He's um, not in the movie that much. He's not in the movie enough to get a feel for his character and okay. to um, really support him. Um, I think he plays um, Douglas, 
um, the Earl of Douglas, and who's um, basically his father was um, his father's land was taken away from him okay. by um, Edward, King Edward, um, and a lot of the side characters don't really have a lot of time to. Um, a lot, don't have a lot of time for themselves mm-hmm. to really, so you can really attach yourself to them. They just kind of appear, and they're always by Chris Pine's side, and so you're always focused on Chris Pine because he's always the center of every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. So like they're kind of in the background. They're like, and they do like their little quips and stuff, but you don't really get the feeling like you know them like okay. you do with Braveheart. Because in Braveheart, the first hour is just setting up um, for the upcoming revolution that's going to start. So you get to, so you get to know the village, you get to know his friends. In this, he he basically um, revolts, and then you get to know all the side characters. It doesn't really work that that well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like this movie, and I, it sounds like I'm bashing it. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought the the visuals were very good. Scotland looks beautiful. A lot of really great battles. The guy who plays Prince Edward is amazing. He's great. Um, I can look up the actor right. Um. He's like he's very um he's very like wimpy, but he's always trying to prove himself, and he's phenomenal. And also Stannis Baratheon plays Edward King Edward. That's awesome. And he's amazing in it. Um. Just my main problem with the editing is that um, Billy Howell, Edward, Prince of Wales. Yeah, and just yeah, I guess my main problem is with it is that um, you don't really get a lot of time to to you know um, feel Chris Pine's motivations to um, revolting. You don't really get time to know anybody who is in um, the Scottish army. So when they're at war, you're kind of like, is this, wait, do I know this character when they're mm-hmm. getting killed on screen? It's like, wait, do I know who this person is? Do I, why do I care? Yeah. Um, and again, there's a, it's a much longer movie that I think is probably really good because, you know, the, the, the talent behind the, the camera um, is amazing. Hell or High Water is one of my favorite movies of 2015 when it came out, 2015, 2016 when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a better movie here somewhere. Okay. But... I feel like maybe the producers wanted it to be two hours long, and um, unfortunately, that cut out a lot of time to really um, get the movie on a groove. Which is uh, two things. One, oh, I got sneeze. <coughs> um, two things. I was looking up on IMDb, and Aaron Taylor Johnson's about 15 or 16 people down in the credit order, which is interesting considering he's second build in the posters. And two, your thing of the producers cutting it down to two hours is weird because not weird. Like your point is weird, but um, I mean, it's on Netflix. There's no like pushing it in multiple theaters. So it, it's weird that 30, 40 minutes is probably yeah, cut. Apostle is two hours, 14, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If I mean, Netflix, it's not focused on theater. You can yeah. stream it. So it's weird that they decide to cut that much and it's apparent. So it's, it's just jarring when you're watching the movie and mm-hmm. you know Chris Pine is, is in one area and then he's immediately in another area yeah and the movie doesn't doesn't take time to like to just stay to mm-hmm. just stop and to you know take its time it's always constantly jumping from place to place constantly introducing new characters constantly having um, emotional moments that just that just feel very like artificial because you don't really know anybody okay. Now does this movie work? Would you have rather seen this movie in theaters or does it work on Netflix? I would have rather seen in theaters. In theaters? Yes. Uh, do the do the battles or the visuals look a little lackluster seeing it on? They look good, mm-hmm. but yes, I would I would have liked to have seen it on a larger um, screen because like I felt the sound design was amazing, the okay. like battle sound design, and I just would have wanted to experience it with like the like movie theater surround sound. Okay. Yes, I would have rather seen it in theaters. Okay. And I would have rather seen extra thirty minutes uh, tagged onto it if it meant um, me caring more about the movie. Okay. Huh. 
That's an interesting. I'll probably check it out then at some point, probably over Thanksgiving break then, because it does seem like an interesting movie. You haven't like entirely dissuaded me, but yeah, I mean, I sound more. I'm definitely focusing more on the negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, what other positives then can you think of? I mean, maybe I'm biased because I I love middle 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 ages mm-hmm. stuff. So like, I was I I love the um the the, the designs of castles. The music's yeah. very great. Um, like the side characters for what little time they're given are you know interesting enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're funny, but you know you don't care about them. Um, like I mean, the Braveheart. Um, William Wallace's, yeah, both both William Wallace's like secondhand guys are the Irish guy and um, Brendan Gleeson's character, and they're iconic because yeah. they're they're so um, interesting. They're so like quirky, but it's still grounded. Mm-hmm. And in here, it's like the guy who's kind of like Brendan Gleeson's character, <laughs> the guy who's kind of like the Irish character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie is funny sometimes, uh, when when it just stops. But you know, it's it's few and far between scenes when it's just, when it like when it just takes its time. So basically, the movie has inspiration from Braveheart, but never, but basically just kind of fails short on everything that made Braveheart. Yeah, because historically, it, it takes place after mm-hmm. after yep. the events of William Wallace. Um, well, it basically opens with William Wallace's like death, essentially. Um, his his um, they find like his arm because. When he died, um, the King of England had all of his like limbs scattered amongst um, different province, different all the four corners of the of the UK. So they find his arm in the movie. Yeah, because the arm is in is um you know it's you know held up. It's like it's put on you know it, uh, it's made as like a, a big deal of in Scotland. Like hey, look at this is your leader. Be suppressed now. <laughs> okay, interesting. It's like it's in like a theatrical way, I guess. You know, it wasn't like trying to. It wasn't trying to be hid. It wasn't like they pull it out of the ground. They're like, we found his arm. Yeah, no, like they nailed it to like a giant rock, and they're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you okay, Matt? Uh, do you recommend that someone should watch Outlaw King? I think if you like um historical movies, if you like medieval movies, if you like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. if you like Hell or High Water, you will enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it. I want it to be a lot better, though, mm-hmm. um, especially considering that I love Tyler Highwater. And I love Braveheart. Yeah. And I love historical movies. And this movie just felt like a watered-down version of the great epics that we've gotten throughout the years. So overall, then, an average weekend, just kind of mildly disappointing yeah. movies. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, you hesitantly, again, recommend Outlaw King. Yep. So before we go... Uh, we're going to actually be on Thanksgiving break, so we won't be recording an episode next week. We don't know because we're recording episode four uh, right now. So if this comes out after, we're just kind of – we're going to quickly preview um, the movies that come out on Thanksgiving. So, Matt, I'll give you five movies. Wreck-It Ralph 2, Robin Hood, Creed 2, Green Room, and the Green favorite. Room? Green Room. Oh, Green Book, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Green Book and The Favorite. Give me two of those five movies that you're looking forward to the most. The favorite and the favorite. <laughs> why are the why the favorite and the favorite? Oh, because it's I, I already know your answer, yeah, but um, for the viewers. Yorgos Lanthimos, who is directing and writing this movie, can do no. Is he wrong. writing it? I he's he's writing it with someone else. Okay. Um he can do no wrong in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I loved every movie he's made. Um from Dogtooth, The Alps, The Lobster. Killing of Sacred Deer, all movies that are phenomenal in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I just know that when I see this movie, it I'm, it may not be the best movie of the year, but I know I'm going to get something 
creative, something different, mm-hmm. and something probably a little bit cynical. And yeah. um, that's why I love Yorgos Lanthimos. So what's the other movie besides The Favorite and The Favorite that you're looking forward to? Um, what, so We have Wreck-It Ralph 2, Robin Hood, Creed 2, and Green Book. Oh, Creed 2. Creed 2? Yeah. I, lo- I really like I, – I, I, I'd say I love the first one. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it since I saw the movie in the theater, but I, you know, best theater experience I've ever had was seeing mm-hmm. Creed. Um, a little bummed that the Ryan Coogler yep. didn't um come back. He's a producer. He's a producer. <laughs> producer. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, a little upset that he didn't come back, but and I'm a little upset that they're really just trying to like imitate kind of the Rocky series and with the Ivan Dragov son. I would have liked to have What'd seen. What'd you say? Ivan what? Drag Dragov. Drago. 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 Yeah. Um, there's a wrestler Drag- called um. Drag- Dragunov. So I kinda I kinda just like combine the two. Um you suck. Um so I'm a little disappointed. It seems a little like hokey that they would do that little mm-hmm. like little movie like like uh you know, cheap, I guess, that they would do that. I would have liked to have seen a more original. Because you know, the first one, you know, despite taking place in the Rocky universe, is very much its own movie. Um for the most part. You know, like I guess you can argue some of the like the stuff with Rocky in it. You know, mm-hmm. you kinda need to see the, see the original stuff to really get. But you, you get his struggle at least. Yeah. Um, this it, it feels like oh he's fighting the son of the guy who um, killed his father. Spoiler for fucking rock flipping Rocky Four. Yeah. Um, it, it just feels a little. Um, when did Rocky Four come out? Mid eighties. Yeah, yeah. It just feels a little like um, desperate. I desperate. guess. Yeah. I'm still looking forward to it though. I think it, I think it it could be very it could be very good. Just mm-hmm. that. Um, it just reminds me of kind of like the cynical nature of Hollywood when you see that he's fighting I mean, yeah. Drago's son. All right. So before we go, I am I am 50-50 on the Yorgos Lanthimos movies I've seen. You adore, adore The Lobster. I don't like it. I, I just – I don't think I just – I just think I didn't get it. I think that's one of those movies that I saw it and just didn't really get it. I really like Killing of the Sacred Deer though. Killing of a Sacred Deer Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. I think that's a, a a witty and a funny and a charming movie, but also extremely pessimistic, cynical, and yeah. just it's just a a an absolute ride of a film. I'm I think this movie has potential to be one of my favorites of the year. The favorite. Uh, it's getting great reviews. I think um, so far. I think uh, I think Emma Stone and the people, the person who plays uh, the Queen. I th- oh, um, Mary. Mary. Is it Clean Mary or whatever? No, it's Col- Coleman. Whoever whoever what plays it, what the her last name is. This movie looks really funny, yeah. but also it just it, it looks like it captures that style. And I have to say I'm really intrigued, considering how movies have been this year, and so far they really haven't been, from what I've seen, like a lot of the bigger ones have just kind of been lackluster. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, with like I said, with Yorgos, you know you're going to get something different. Yeah. Um, his movies are, like his movies are all very similar. But they're all very different. Like, um, they all they all kind of like the same sort of tone. Very dry. Yeah. Very um, very like flippant. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all they all explore different aspects of like of like human nature and human culture. And he, he's very he just he just he's so it's like a he's it's just a giant middle finger. Like he's he's so like cold with how he just dissects like humans, and that's what makes it so great. Yeah. Very unique dialogue too. Mm-hmm. Very unique visuals. Uh, for such it, for such like like for such like mundane looking like cinematography like. What's going on in movies is always so like like detailed. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think 
I'm really looking forward to that one. We'll be seeing that one as soon as it comes out. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't like the lobster, but I you do know, not like the lobster. Um, you know that this act this director's going to give you something yeah. that that's quality. I can least. appreciate. I can yeah. like even though I don't like the lobster, I can still appreciate the uniqueness that he's going for. And then I think the killing of Sacred Jew just hit the right chords for me with what he was going for. But yeah, the favorite and I. And for the second one, a quick honorable mention, I think Green Books looks really good. I think that could be one of the um, – I'm hesitant to use the word Oscar baity, but one of those Oscar bait feel good, like fantastic performances. Are you saying the, their favorite won't be Oscar baity? <laughs> what's, the, what's the line that she has? People say, I heard fat. I heard someone said fat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so has, has any of his movies been nominated for anything? Or oh, not. Dogtooth, I think, won Best Foreign Film or something. Really? And it came, that's like that. Or maybe it was definitely nominated. I think it, it was definitely nominated, but that's like kind of what kickstarted his career. What about, did anything win? <laughs> did The Lobster win for Best Original Screenplay? Was it nominated? Probably not. Probably not? And I know Killing of a Sacred Deer wasn't. No, so. Killing of a Sacred Deer was definitely not. That movie came and was forgotten. So. It wasn't forgotten. Just It's, it's not like the, the Oscar-y yeah. kind of movies. So I think Green Book has a chance to be one of those, it's kind of not like necessarily feel good, but one of those movies you leave and you're like, I'm glad I saw that yeah. movie. That was a good movie. But I am looking forward to Creed 2. This is my most anticipated movie of the rest of the year. I don't, I don't, I like there are other movies I care about. I don't really, I just want to see Creed 2. Creed is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I feel like I'm confident enough to say that. It's the best sports movie I've ever seen. And you're, uh, I can understand. Yeah, it is a little like, you could have done something a little bit more original. But with like the fighting Ivan Drago's son, but if they're making this kind of like their own universe, I feel like after this one, it's kind of just like tying up everything from the past, putting it in a nice little bow, and then it'll kind of do its own thing. Maybe. Um, I actually thought about the first Creed, the way you feel about the second one. I went, oh, it's a Creed movie, but it's a Rocky movie, kind of. But there's so much heart and there's so much character that in the first one along with this amazing kind of directorial style and decisions and performance, everything, it's, just, it's a masterpiece of a movie. This Creed 2 one, though, they, whoever director they chose has a very interesting style going for him with the directing, with the boxing. It looks a lot more kind of like like visual. Like the colors are a little bit more amputated. The uh, Everything just looks more vivid and uh, like bright. But... I, but like the, the the tone they're going for with kind of like this this mountain of a challenge to overcome with how big Ivan Drago's son is and there's a like a, a feature that came out called like meet uh Victor Drago and he's like 6'4 235 pounds and like his his body punches like move people and there's a there's a shot at the end of featurette where Creed punches him a few times and he just kind of shakes off punches Creed in the face and he stumbles back and you're just like, oh shit! Like this is uh this is just gonna be something to overcome and something to witness. And I hope they, I hope they continue the trend of the uh, the music from the first one, which was very much Rocky music, but with a contemporary kind of like hip hop style added on. Uh, one of my favorite movie moments of all time is the uh, I've said this before in the podcast already. Bigo Doctor and he gets yeah. up, and it's the Rocky music for five seconds, and then it transforms into. Uh, like uh, a more hip hop kind of like uh, kind of like inner city Phil like Philadelphian music. Uh, I've just, I'm, I can't stress enough, and I can't really express in words enough how excited I am for this movie. Solely based off my absolute admiration for the first one. 
yeah, there's definitely desire. Like in the first one, um, they're tr- they're trying to make a movie that stands on its own. Yeah, and it has its own. Like it it, it recognizes its its source where mm-hmm. it comes from, but uh, in tributes it, but also was trying to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my only fear with this movie is that it's might be relying too much on yeah. previous um, previous um, previously established movies and plots from the Rocky series. Um, and also, I, like, I can kind of see, <laughs> I can kind of see, like, uh, Sylvester Stallone trying to take more center stage in this movie. You think so? Because, like, he now he knows that Creed was successful, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna fight, a victim. I'm gonna fight, uh, Dolph Lundgren in the pit, man. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be, um, there are, like, what's his name? Alfonso Af- Creed, and, uh... Alfonso? Vic- Al- what's his name? Uh, Adonis. Adonis Creed. And um, Victor Victor uh, Drago son, Drago. Uh, Drago son are gonna like be like too beat up to fight anymore. So they're and gonna then come, they're gonna come <laughs> in and then they're gonna start fighting. <laughs> How many punches do you think one of them breaks their back? Dude, dude, uh, Dolph Lundgren was in the season five Arrow. Mm-hmm. This looks good. Does it really? I think I think Dolph Lundgren could beat the crap out of uh, Rocky. <laughs> I mean, out of Sylvester Stallone. Have you ever heard of the article that people broke into Dolph Lundgren's house in like the late '80s, early '90s? They saw it was Dolph Lundgren. And yeah. They just booked it. Really? They got really scared. Yeah. Uh, I. There's just a teasiness about the about the, um, the Rocky versus um, Victor Drago, uh, movie that I don't want to see in Creed. I. Because it might not be, but it, I I'm I have a positive. I'm optimistic for it mainly because. A lot of the marketing so far has been almost nothing like uh, on what uh, on Rocky and uh, what the f- Drago, Victor, yeah. uh, Ivan Drago. The only thing I can really remember is in the marketing is the little line like he broke over and then that little like stare they have in the ring, and then and then the rest is kind of like uh, Adonis, kind of like having a family now. Apparently, according to the trailer, okay. and. <laughs> And um, like coming to terms with why he's fighting, like I know they kind of did that at first, but I just, I, I have a feeling this movie's gonna be like, n- no nowhere near as good as the first one, but still a decent movie. Like I feel like I'm still gonna leave it going. Eh, I'm glad I saw it, uh, but I'm actively looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. I just um, was disappointed by the decision to um, you know, you know, dig up an old story. Yeah. Um, and also what you're saying about like the directing seems more like seems more lively seems more like seems more like a movie yeah the, i mean what i loved about the first creed was that it, um kugler sort of um fluctuated between scenes that kind of di- were directed like 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 how you'd watch a fight on tv yeah and then scenes where you're like up close and personal with the fight yeah so i i don't want to see it too stylized either yeah with that, the fight. that could be um that could be a concern <laughs> Because we're we're kind of we're kind of reaching a like a very similar political climate than we, that we were back when that rock oh, movie that. came out. So like, can you imagine? Can you imagine like um, Putin's like watching watching the match and he's like he's like he has his phone he's gonna order a hit on on um, Creed. But then like at the end he decides not to. He puts his phone down. And he's like ah, oh, he deserved that win. <laughs> what if what if Victor Drago just murders Creed in the ring? What if it's yeah, like, his son or Victor or Victor Drago? His son is the son. Mur- is the son. Uh, murders Creed in the ring. Like, he's so big that he beats the crap out of Creed, and that's the end it's of like the movie. It's like two and a half hours of build-up. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, he, just like... he, it's like three punches. He knocks him out and just keeps punching him. 
and then he dies. And then and then they build the next trilogy for him. The next the next series. But for it's his a new son. Rocky trilogy. <laughs> yeah, but then and Rocky's like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky th- a, a Creed three is gonna be Rocky versus Victor Drago. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine that a seven year old Stallone. And then, no, right, he's older than seventy now. Is he? He's gotta be 71, 72. But then like imagine, yeah, it's only seventy. Imagine though. that wrinkly old man who had a stroke. He and then he'll direct the movie too, and then and then he'll win the fight. Like um, he'll be like um, like like I was making a wrestling reference that no one would get, but he's gonna be like like Hulk Hogan of the the movie Rocky Universe. <laughs> What's wrong with you? All right, so uh, other oh he's seventy two by the way, Jesus. Uh, so I think like the worst movie that looks like it's coming out this weekend is or Thanksgiving Break is Robin Hood. It just doesn't like. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any trailers for. It. I yeah, have had no interest after that. That masterpiece that was um, uh, the King King Arthur movie. Oh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Or yeah. yeah, you just don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no recreation of a medieval classic tale will ever surpass the it, master the masterpiece craftsmanship that was. Uh... <laughs> There's a scene, because no one has seen King Arthur. No, yeah, no one has seen King Arthur. <laughs> There's a scene in King Arthur where he's being dragged into the mud by a goddess, and he's just screaming. Yeah. And it's, it's the most realistic thing ever. Yeah, so I'm like, I would do that in that situation. <laughs> uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2 looks like... I haven't seen it again. I didn't watch the trailer for it. I, I like the first one. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, like, really anticipating a new one. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be one of those animated movies that's good, and then I just forget about it. Don't see Riley's so great in The Lobster. Yeah, he is. I'll he give, has him a list. That. <laughs> I'll give him that. So why, why would you want to be a bird? You have a list. <laughs> All right, because you're going to start quoting the lobster. We're at 50 minutes now. Wow. Okay. Now we should stop. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is this is episode four of Film Frauds. You can find us on the Collegian website and check out their other content. But ours, ours be- first. Ours anything, takes precedent. Absolute precedent over everything else. Uh, we're going to try to see if we can put this stuff on iTunes, too, because that'd be kind of cool. I only wish to say that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. To, we'll talk. We'll see if we can put it on iTunes to get more of an audience. So so thank you guys for listening. Uh, most likely, we'll be talking about, probably, if we can, at least Creed 2 the next time we record. And we'll, we're absolutely going to see the favorite uh, if we can. If it If it's a wide release, we'll be seeing that. But we'll be seeing Creed 2. And I don't know if there's other Netflix movies that come out. We'll just talk about whatever. Because we've been winging it so far for four episodes. So we're doing pretty good. So I, I like actually seeing the movies we're talking about. I know. It's Isn't like, it kind of yeah. nice? Let's <laughs> be able to talk about. This no. is your first episode where you've seen. We, you saw Overlord and you saw Allah King. I'm impressed. Star is Born is a family friendly film. Yeah. If we can like merch this podcast, I want that to be our first shirt. Our first shirt's going to be. Um, <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to say it, but. Oh, Never mind. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This is Tyler Clardy. And this is Tyler Clardy. Oh. <laughs> and goodbye.